Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. And on today's episode, as we head into August, as training camps have started, as the players are back in the building, as Aaron Rodgers shows up looking like Nicolas Cage from Con Man, as Russell Wilson shows up looking like Russell Wilson. Do you guys see that? He literally showed up in his own jersey. I mean, if I was Russ, I might wear my own jersey too. Let's keep going. Okay, today is our first DFS episode on The Advantage. You guys know me as an NBA better, but for the next few months, I am also going to be a DFS football guy for Sports Ethos, for the podcast, for you all as well. And together, we are going to bring home some bacon, just like we do in the NBA. But this time, we are soireeing ourselves over to the NFL. Today's episode is going to be a very basics for building a DFS lineup. I have been playing DFS on FanDuel and DraftKings since the beginning of time. Since these websites started a long time ago, I am a believer that for football... DFS is way better than season long because we have all been there. You might get lucky. You might not get lucky. But the team that wins your season long league is the team that stays the healthiest. So let's eliminate that factor as much as we can. In-game injuries still matter a great deal to the DFS world. But week to week and season enders... Don't kill us like they do in season-long leagues, but on the DFS battlefield, we go week-to-week, evaluating matchups, knowing who's playing, and we can put our skills to the true test and not roll the dice and say, did Zeke stay healthy this year? Okay, I made the playoffs. My first-round pick gets injured? Eh, I'm probably not making the playoffs. That's how I view season-long. If you believe otherwise, you can at me on Twitter and we can have this discussion. However, let's get back to business. Like I said, today's episode is going to be basics for building a DFS lineup. This is not going to be about what I do when I first see the board. We are going to go through this positionally. There will be future episodes about what do I do when I first pull up the DFS boards and prices How do I first start handicapping? What is the first position I fill out? We're not going to get into that today because we need real examples and real-time stuff to contextualize that. We're just going to talk about some basics and how we view each position and how we approach the positional markets. Let's start at the top. Quarterback, the captain of the football team, not as much the captain of a fantasy football team, but still very, very valuable to me in a DFS setting. I am one that spends up for my quarterbacks. The guys like Josh Allen, the guys like Lamar, Patty Mahomes, Kyler, Tommy Brady with just insane passing yards, these guys can put up 40 plus point weeks. So, We try and get them. When you look at the end of the year, and you could pretty much take any year stats to show this, the top end quarterback averages about 
10 more fantasy points per game than the bottom end starting quarterback, which is more than any other position from the top end to the bottom end of the fantasy starter range. And that's why for quarterbacks, we spend up and we try and get a top end guy who can really overperform. Now, lock that in. Let's move on. If you get someone in the top end quarterbacks, you are spending up. You are spending above the average price for a player. You are going to have to spend down in other places. Where do we do that? Well, we start with the running back position. Uh, yes, in fantasy football, workhorse running back is the key to success. You get a guy, if you could see me in my room right now, I'm like fake snapping a football and just handing it off like I'm the quarterback. Whoa, yo, take it in. Goal line punch this, baby. All right, so having a guy that's going to get the rock 18 to 24 times on the ground and two to six times in the backfield on a catch is the key to success. That is the biscuit in fantasy football. However, you can still find a workhorse running back on a week-to-week basis in a value spot. You can actually probably get two of them on a given week because how injury volatile these positions are and no place to take advantage of that like the DFS space. Now, what do we do? The DFS board will drop on Monday or Tuesday for the next week. And the prices, once that board drops, are locked in. However, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, and a little bit on Saturday, we will get reports of players who have been banged up on Sunday, and we are uncertain of their playing status. There will be at least two running backs every single week who are questionable and might miss time and will have a backup filling in for them. Those guys are workhorse value running backs. You remember when CMC missed time last year? Chuba Hubbard is a must start. It's that simple. He's going to be worth pennies on the dollar compared to his price tag. Elijah Mitchell was the guy early last season because of running back injuries. You can probably even do this in week one because we will learn about injuries in training camp and in preseason. Knock on wood, we don't wish it upon anyone. I, as someone who deals with a lot of injuries, certainly don't wish this process on anybody, but it is the reality of playing a physical sport like football. It is part of the game. It is a war of attrition. And if we look back just one year ago, the Ravens lost, I think, their three starting running backs before the first preseason game. So there was that guy Tyson Williams going into week one last year, and I think he had like 16 fantasy points. 
we will find these. And that is the advantage. <laughs> okay. Wide receivers. Always, 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 always stack at least one wide receiver with your starting quarterback. And I also like doing a reverse stack where you also choose a wide receiver on the opposing team of your starting quarterback. To win in DFS, you need multiple things to hit, especially in a GPP tournament. If you leverage your money into a high-end quarterback, then chances are you could pair one of their top receivers and maybe that player gets 100 and a touchdown because you had faith that their quarterback was going to ball out. And on the flip side, their wide receiver did too. Now, if that team is playing well and the quarterback that you chose puts up a ton of points, that likely means their opponent is putting up a good amount of points as well. So that's the reverse stack. You could take a wide receiver on the opposing team. Think about it this way. It's going to be hard for your quarterback to provide two wide receivers on his own team with volume fantasy points. But if your quarterback hits and your wide receiver hits, like I said, it's likely a high-scoring game. Meaning, if you take a wide receiver on the other side of the field, he very likely may hit as well. When you stack these together, you increase your chances of having multiple players with these balloon-like performances. And if you think about it this way, it's much harder to pick like nine guys from random games and random spots to go off. Better picking three or four games, stacking multiple players within those and if the game script develops how we see, it results in fantasy points for everyone. The next spot up is the tight end. And tight end will always depend on how the rest of your budget shakes out. It is always the last position that I fill on my board. I even do my defense first. We'll talk about that in a bit. But tight end is what do we have left over? If there is enough money for a trustworthy guy, like if you can get a Mark Andrews, you feel great about it, and it is a good spend of your money. But you can't always count on that because of the way we play other spots. If I'm going to play a cheap tight end, which is likely how it shakes out for me, the key is to go against the chalk play. There is always one or two obvious tight end cheat plays that become groupthink and are talked about on the podcast, are written in the waiver wire articles, are pumped out in the DFS optimizer. The truth is, it's a total crapshoot and it's really hard to know which like low-level tight end is going to get a six-yard touchdown catch to make or break their day. So, check who the consensus is and go a little bit differently. If everyone is saying Gerald Everett, you may want to mow Ali Cox. It's doing these little deviations that if you simply just go against the consensus here and in that scenario, Gerald Everett ends up with 40% ownership 
and Moali Cox is 2.8% and he gets the touchdown, you've ballooned your chances of actually cashing in that tournament. You can break free from the pack with a simple, different, cheap tight end. We see this every week, countless times. Okay, the last thing I need to talk about is the defenses. Do not try and save money on defenses. Splurge on your defense. It is okay to spend higher up on the defense, especially because the most expensive defense in a DFS sense is only a few hundred to like $1,000 more expensive than the least expensive defense, the worst overall. So if you're thinking about this on a points per dollar thing, which is often how we should think about DFS, and you have $60,000 in your budget, only spending like $2,000 more for the best option is a really strong case to make. So start with your defense. That's actually where I normally start is my defense. First thing I pick on a DFS board. That's how important I think it is. If you try and save money on a defense, you're going to end up getting the team that's going against Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes, and you're just going to get shredded. These guys have low turnover rates and high point performances. They do not create many opportunities for the defense to score. How many sacks does a guy like Brady take when his time of release is less than two seconds? Justin Fields, on the other hand, is going to be holding a ball, holding the ball, not a ball, the ball, well, a ball, but will be the ball, for a lot longer than Tom Brady. He is going to be moving around the pocket. He has less experience. His yards per, per throw probably going to be higher because Brady's thrown quick hitters. And that creates a lot more opportunity for the defenses to make a play. If they score less points, that is how you maintain your points in fantasy as a defense, limiting the points against. So do not, do not, do not pick the team going against the Packers. Pick the team going against the Bucs. It's stupid. Chiefs, stupid. These quarterbacks are going to rip you apart and never, 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 ever, 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 did I say that enough times, choose the defense going against your quarterback. I also don't like doing it against my running backs or my tight end. And since I usually stack at least two of my three receivers to my quarterback, I know it's not coming for my receivers. I really like a defense that's uninvolved from my other guys because if they score, I lose points on the defense. So if you get a rushing touchdown on your defense, plus six, minus two. It's only plus four. You don't want that. You want to maximize each play's opportunity to generate points for your fantasy team. So for defenses, what you do want to target... Again, I always pick one of the top costly defenses. I think they're that important. You want to pick a defense going against generally a young quarterback, but someone with a high throw rate 
and a high uh, yards per pass attempt number. The further the ball goes downfield, and the more often it does go downfield, the higher chance of a high leverage play for your defense to be created, a.k.a. a pick, a pick six even, uh, a, a catch that becomes a fumble recovery, and pop, ball pops out. Bigger plays are more explosive on both ends. A Hail Mary can be amazing for the offense. It's also particularly risky in comparison to a slant route. Risk-reward. We want the most potential reward situations for the defense, which means taking the quarterback who's going to put their offense in the most risky situations. Generally, that is a young quarterback with a high throw rate who throws it deep. This season in the NFL, we are not expecting any rookie quarterbacks to start week one. So we can look back to last year's quarterbacks. I'm telling you this right now. I will probably be taking a lot of defenses that will be playing against both Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. So that's your basic understanding of a DFS board. That is a basic formula approach to how do I build my lineup? How do I spend my money? Spend up on quarterback. Stack a receiver. Reverse stack another receiver. Third receiver, generally, I know I didn't get too much into this. I like looking for what's the highest total on the board. And are the Sharps looking for an over on that game? Let's choose a cheap receiver where there might be 60 total points scored. I, I get into my gambling angles for those long shot plays. Running back, value, value. Probably two people with value who also can be potential workhorses on that week. A.J. Dillon, what's up? Chuba Hubbard, how you doing? Tight end, a reflection of how the rest of things shake out. And defense, a much higher priority than you think. Welcome to DFS on the Advantage. I am excited to be here. Let's make some amazing lineups. Let's bring home some bacon. Let's make this NFL season one for the books. And last thing, since I always forget to talk about this on the podcast, I will start doing a much better job on this going forward. Please give me a follow at mfiddle14 on Twitter. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And please check out the sportsethos.com website as the Fantasy Football Package is now live. For this season, Ethos members are getting Fantasy Football combined with the Fantasy Basketball Pass. So if you are a Fantasy Pass subscriber, you get all of the amazing football and basketball content. It is a package that we are offering for this year and this year alone for them to be combined. I know our guy Aaron Bruski released his Football 150. I know JB Sticko got his rankings out. I know Stephen V has got his big boards out. Sports Ethos community has done a cannonball into the fantasy football space. It is 
it is and has been a dominant fantasy basketball company. And now we are taking over the football world as well. So thank you guys for being here. Please check out all of the other outlets. And I look forward to continuing this season with you guys. Peace out.